Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I just want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys, and on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, that's Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, if you want to send me a comment or you have a suggestion, you can email me at Saturday Mornings, uh, well, I'm sorry, Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. And big new announcement, you can now listen to the show on Spotify. So if you are more of a Spotify listener and that's what you listen to your music on, you can now just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys and listen to us there on Spotify. You can also still listen to us on iTunes and here at Blog Talk Radio. And I want to thank you for your support. Um, I can see when you guys are downloading. I really appreciate that. Share with friends and family. There's a lot of things that I learned while doing the show I hope that you guys are learning as well. Today, wow, 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 you will learn so much just about people in Philadelphia, women in Philadelphia that you had no idea the things they were doing, the impact they had. And the book is called They Carried Us, The Social Impact of Philadelphia's Black Women Leaders. I have two authors here this morning, Eleanor and Baker Rogers and Fasaha M. Trailer. Let me get the line here. I think this is Eleanor here. Yes. Hi. Um, hi. Good Eleanor, morning. Hi. Good morning. Um, Fasaha is on the line as well. Good morning, and thanks for having us. Thank you for writing the book. I mean, I needed this in high school. <laughs> I needed this in college. <laughs> I mean, this should be, like, mandatory. Like, this should be a course, like, you know, black women leaders. And so, the, boom, here you go. Um, and, mm-hmm. and my suggestion, I was going to wait to the end. We need one for every state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we, we have certainly okay. been pushed by, in that direction. So, and, and, we, and we agree. Yes, yes. Let me tell the audience about you a little bit. Um, Eleanor, um, she is an honorary board member and former president of the Philadelphia Child Advocacy Organization, Public Citizens for Children and Youth. She has uh, been a past recipient of the Jane S. Abrams and Cecil B. Moore Community Service Awards. She's a lifelong educator. She earned her doctorate in higher education leadership 
from Widener University in 2003. And also, Fasaha is an educator, activist, writer, administrator as well. Um, she was a copy editor at a major metropolitan newspaper. She served on the board of a national human rights organization. Um, she co-founded the Iowa Woman Network, which is an activist group formed in the wake of Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill hearings. Um, she is a recipient of many awards and fellowships as well. She received a National Science Foundation Fellowship, the Art Peters Memorial Fellowship for Journalism, and the Temple University Urban Fellowship. We have some powerhouses here. These are women that are making impact on us as well. Good morning, ladies, again. Good morning. So I guess start off with the first thing. Um, I'll start with you, Fasaha. Why did you guys decide to write the book? Like, why now? Well, um, I think I'm going to let um, Alina do that. Um, okay, she's, okay. She's got the whole. Well, let, let me just say, that, yeah, I, I'm here. Fasaha, you're there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let, let me just say that the, the why did we write the book uh, is very simple because it was long overdue. Uh, why now? I, I think is is um, has has lots of layers to it, but certainly, you know, given the state of of our country, uh, given the state of issues that affect uh, women and children and families and local communities, um, we really look at this book as. Um, as, as being a guide to, you know, how to how to think about some of these major issues that are that are affecting us in society, um, and it's long overdue. And so for us, that's part of that's part of the why. It certainly did start out as a Black History project, and um, morphed from there in terms of us identifying a really important uh, work. That, that was done by, uh, you know, women in the city of Philadelphia uh, and women who, you know, came to become Philadelphians. You know, we see right now with um, George Floyd um, this issue of sexism, even in getting women justice, you know, black women justice, Fiona Taylor, the, the cops have not, you know, been charged or taken to task about what they did, for, you know, barging into her house, shooting her up. So sexism is still an issue in America, and sexism for black women is still an issue, even in the wake of these great protests. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the protests or George Floyd, but it's just interesting that, you know, the man is held here at the podium, and this is who it was the catalyst, when women were being destroyed, if you will, or attacked, if you will, and so the effect was not as great. People did not rally behind it as much, you know what I mean? Um, let me ask, how did you guys connect? Were you friends before? Did somebody introduce you? How did that happen? Well, I, I'll take that. But, uh, we actually met when we were, um, we were both board chairs of Public Citizens for Children and Youth back when it was Philadelphia Citizens for Children and Youth. Uh, uh, Alina preceded me in the presidency of the board and then I uh, I followed, uh, and it was through that experience that we actually got to know each other 
although I would have to say that that was not nearly like the crucible we've been through in writing this book. <laughs> so um, we, we've gotten to know each other way better by writing this book than we did as, as uh, sharing the chair, the chair of the boards of, of that organization. So how, did, how long did it take you to write the book? Because it's about almost 600 pages long, and you have, a, I think it's like 95 women that you are um, sharing their stories, some through interviews and some through actual just uh, investigative, uh, historical investigations. How long did it take to write the book, Sataha? Oh, that, well, at first we were saying five years, but then as Sissy pointed out to me at one point, it was actually closer to six years we spent on this book. Mm, wow. And, um, and, and what and, do you think was Yes, the and, obviously, and obviously there were different stages of, you know, when it's interesting when people ask us how long did it take us to write the book. Uh, the, the writing of the book itself was actually the, you know, one of the, the last pieces to it. You know, there's there's all of the interviews that 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 went, that we had to conduct. There was all of the research that had to be done on, on the historical women. Uh, you know, there was the the all of that data collection and and organizing and you know looking for themes and and putting it all together. The writing happened. Yes, because you do have themes. You have you know activists. You have sports people. You have arts people. Um, you have money. You know money people. Um, let me say, do you have a favorite person, um, Eleanor, <laughs> a, fam- a favorite woman that you're like, oh, my God, this is the best one? Well, let me, let me okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that. Um, let me just say one thing first. First of all, please call me Sissy uh, because people do. Oh, okay. And um, that's, okay. that's and and that's how I'm, I'm, I'm more well-known in Philadelphia by that name uh, than Eleanor. Okay. Uh, so I just want, I just want to say that uh, the other is you know that is a question that we really try to avoid, uh, and the reason that we try to avoid it, as Basaha says, is that every day that when she looks at the book or, or writes a story, there's there's a new favorite woman, uh, and th- these women are cha- these women are in their own right uh, have been champions. Uh, if if pressed, I, I would say. Hey, I'm 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 I am an incredible sports fan, and so the women in the sports chapter resonate with me. Not just one of them, though. I, I would say, you know, collectively all of them, and I'd say that really across all of the nine chapters in the book. Yes, there are women whose work stood out to me. Uh, the woman who's on the spine of the book, for example, her name uh, was uh, Dr. Caroline Steele Wiley Anderson. She became a, a, a medical uh, a medical doctor in the city. Uh, there's something about her that has resonated with me. But there's something about Caroline LeCount, who was an educator and woman who, you know, stood up to discrimination in uh, in um, public transit in the city of Philadelphia. You know, she resonates with me as well. So, you know, there and, and there are more and more. And I think the Vasaha's response to that question, you know, is going to be similar. Yeah, well, I, 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 I keep t- yeah, go ahead. I, I kept telling people that every woman I wrote about was my favorite woman. <laughs> well, and, and, wow. and, and in a lot of ways, that's really true. You, you know, you really do come to you come to live with these women in a way. You know, they be they become individually they become your your focus. 
the thing that you, 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 you wake up in the morning and you think about this particular woman and, and time and time again, you're in awe of the work that they have done. You're in awe of the, of their personal and professional commitment to change. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree. I do have some though, that just when I started reading their stories were like, what? That's me. That's me, you know, or another <laughs> sure. one. That's me too. You know, because women are multifaceted. We're not just one thing. We're not just house, you know, we're not just wives. We're not just mothers. We're not just lovers. We have all these different things. We're not just artists. And I think for me, that was one of the uh, beauties of the book is that you, you shared the woman's story, but even within that story, she may have been known for, you know, finding the bank or, you know, being the mm-hmm. doctor um, or, you know, you know, winning uh, champion games and sports, you know, um, mm-hmm. or setting up, you know, like the dance studio, Philodanko. But those people had other layers that even if I knew about them, I didn't know about those other layers. So that's, right. that's, that's mm-hmm. one of, for me the, the beauty about it. Now, this cover, this is an interesting cover you have here. It looks like metalwork. Is it paint? Where did the front cover come from? Who, you know, who designed? Tell the audience about that. The, the cover was, was donated by the artist Barbara Bullock, whose profile is also in the book. Uh, it, it's, it's material. Um, it's painted um, paper that she paints layer after layer after layer after layer of paint onto until it assumes a a volume and, you know, that turns it into a sculpture. Uh, so wow. She, I, I thought it was metal. That's amazing. That's amazing. No, no, no. She, um, we asked her whether she had an image. Well, the story even about the cover is interesting because at first we were thinking that we might use photographs or whatever, but then we said there's no way we could fit all the the photographs on there. Maybe we need something more symbolic. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, when you start talking about symbols, then you go to artists. And so we went to her and said, well, Barbara, do you have anything that you think would, you know, could encompass all these women in the book? And she said, well, you have to come here and look and see. And so this is what, this is what we chose. <laughs> um, and and one of the that things that I like oh, about it, I just wanted to add that one of the things that I like about the cover, um, although I love the cover in its entirety, is that if you take a look on the left hand or right hand shoulder, depending on, where you're sitting in the book is uh, there seems to be a person who's on that person's shoulder and Mm. that signifies to us carrying. So if you haven't seen that, you know, just to me, it it popped out almost, almost immediately. And and that fits with obviously the title of, of the book. Yes. The title they carried us. Well, uh, going back to this issue of themes, um, you have the different chapters, I think section is broken up, but also themes in terms of the women and how they were able to, I guess, move through the universe. One of the things was many of them, their fathers supported them. Their fathers were integral yeah. in reading with them at the dinner table, making them repeat things back to them, um, paying for courses, even though somebody, you know, didn't think it was right, you know, um, and, and letting them go places. Um, I remember one uh, situation, one of the women, 
her family really didn't like her, but her father, like, she was the favorite, and she was able to go somewhere. And I remember mm. another lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Claudia um, Curry. Claudia Curry. Okay. And I, yeah. it reminded me of my, I had a stepfather. I had a, you know, I have a genetic father. I had a stepfather. But my stepfather, avid reader, same in my family. So I'm an avid reader. And I remember him reading mm. to me as a child and my, and my stepsister. So, and we would go to the bookstore. Like going to the bookstore and going to the library was like a fun thing, you know? Mm. So um, that, that was uh, something that I, I connected with. Um, and what do you think in your lives were catalysts for you? Because you guys have a lot of uh, accomplishments, you know, as individuals. Who, who was the catalyst for you? Um, um, Sissy? Sure. Let me let me first say that for as much as a number of the women had fathers who, and I'm going to use the word allowed, especially with the you know the the, the forerunners and the, the you know the more senior women uh, in in the book, you know they definitely did have um, fathers who who did not treat them as as simply girls, and, and that's an important point to make. But in all cases, these these women had other women who were the ones who, who uh, you know, gave them support and who gave them guidance, who insisted that, you know, that they could accomplish whatever the personal or professional goals were that they set out to accomplish. Yeah. So I, I want yeah. mm-hmm. to get that in. You know, for me, I, w- I would say that my mother obviously was one of those mm-hmm. people, and maybe not obviously, but for me, my mother certainly was one of those women. Uh, I was a teenage mother, and uh, at the age of 16, I was pregnant. And if it were not for my mother, and quite frankly, my sister, who became um, co parents with me uh, to raise mm-hmm. my daughter, um, you know, I certainly think that some of the obstacles, societal obstacles that were present in my early life, like poverty, you know, may have, may have limited me. But they knew that I was an academic, and they knew that being in school was something that was important to me, and they made sure that I had the space to be able to do that. Um, and then certainly I always give nods to a woman who I refer to as my first mentor. Her name was Carol McGuire, and she used to be the director of uh, personnel at the United States Mint. She was, for me, the first black woman that I saw in a major role of leadership. And, mm-hmm. and so certainly those, those three women in my universe, uh, you know, were important to me. Sataha, how about you? Oh, I, there there are so there are so many women and so many people really who have played an important role in my life. Um, you know, I would, I, I mean, I hesitate to even name some of them. Certainly, my family, um, my my family of origin. Um, you know, my mother, my father, um, and and my family now. I mean, I feel so very lucky to um, to have a husband who shares my feminist views. I really mm. feel lucky about that. I feel very lucky mm-hmm. about that. And I think that, um, you know, that 
there are other women who have uh, who have men who you say, why can't all men be like that instead of like <laughs> right? that guy exactly. who accosted exactly. AOC on the steps, okay? So, you know, I I think that there are so many people who have, you know, have really influenced me. I mean, one of one of my big influences is actually a writer, Toni Morrison. I mean, I don't know how the world existed before her, just because of how she helped us think about things, certainly mm-hmm. how she helped me think about things. Um, right. Sonia Sanchez, who's in the book, um, some of her her work was just amazing and just, I, it was very influential. So, I mean, there are really lots of people who, who have influenced me, but I've always had a sense that there was something about being a girl that I knew, I knew that being a girl was different from being a boy. Right. And through the yeah. course of my life, really, you know, I, I've developed more sophisticated ideas about that, ideas about misogyny and about, you know, gender issues and, you know. But it started with the realization that being a girl was different. Yes, I agree. Yes. Well, I have some favorite um, things in there. I'm, I, I was a girls' high girl, and um, okay. I noticed a lot oh. of women went to girls' high. <laughs> so, 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 so did my like, daughter. Oh, so did my daughter. And, <laughs> yeah. and a third of the wait a minute, a third of the women in this book are girls' high grads. See, look at there. Look at there. My daughter went to girls' high as well. Um, yeah, yeah, my so sister did as well. Sister, your sister did see. <laughs> yes. Um, that, so that was an interesting thing. Another um, interesting thing you talked about the sexism and misogyny. Um, one of the characters she um, started the first bank here, and um, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting where somebody asked her, "You you never sit at the head of the table," and she said, "Well, everywhere I sit is the head of the table." That was Dolores Brisbane, and she was she became the chief operating officer of the University of Pennsylvania Hospital. So that that's who that was. But although, yeah, and the wow. woman who yeah, and the woman who founded the bank uh, was Emma Chappelle, Doctor Emma Chappelle. Um, oh, and okay. one so of the listen, listen, it's so it's so, um, you know, easy to have have these women's accomplishments flow from one person to the next. So I certainly, you know, I certainly understand, you know, you melding yeah. them together. Uh, most definitely. One of the things that I want to say that came out for me in, in speaking with Emma, you know, during her interview process was. You know, she someone posed the question to her, "Who founds a bank?" And and the answer was a woman who was determined to make sure that her community had access to loans, had access to mortgages, you know, and who mm-hmm. uh, were would be given the stability to build their lives just like others did. That's who founds a bank. You know. 
I, I had that question, and my friends will tell you. I had talked to my friends. I said, how the hell do you make a bank? I said, why can't we have a bank again? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I was wondering um. about that, you know. And I, I, so she's not the only one. But what I found and what I, I've told my daughter is you may have ideas, but if you don't act upon them, somebody else is going to act upon them. Because somebody else is probably mm-hmm. thinking about that idea, you know. So once you have that idea, it's important to, you know, act upon it. Um, and what I find is if that's your path, the universe kind of comes up and supports you in that uh, path. You know, somehow people come out of the woodwork to help you. Um, right, so, right. So that, and that's that's that, to me. it's that acting upon it that you can do that's different from allowing other people to act on you. And mm. I think that that's, that is a, for me, that was a recurrent theme uh, in this book that, that the women who we profiled saw a need uh, in their different varying, varying points of view that they saw a need um, or that they saw an opening of something that they wanted to do. Like you said, uh, when you were referring to a dance studio with uh, Joe Myers Brown and they, they, no matter whether or not they had obstacles, they said, this is something that I'm going to, I'm going to do. I'm very convicted about the, you know, con- con- convicted about this, and I'm going to move forward and do it. And that would be one of the major themes that we would want to get across to young people and, and, and to educators who have the space to learn about this book and to integrate this book into, uh, you know, the curricula with, with young people. That no matter yeah, where I, I your vantage point, okay, yeah. Um, that um, no matter where your vantage that, point, whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. Right, right. And and to support that thought that you just had, I thought about Sadie Tanner. Uh, oh gosh, she has a long name. Sadie Tanner, Mosel Alexander. She um, mm-hmm. was a lawyer, and she was in the court, and she was pregnant. And this is something that yeah. women have to deal with. That we want to have families. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, but also careers, and it's still an issue today. Fasaha, um, has that uh, impacted you? How do you balance the family and your careers? How how do you do that? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I laugh. First of all, <laughs> well, I laugh because you know one of the things that I really like to say about this book to people is that the families of all of these women were really important. They were very, very important. Uh, And in many ways, it's kind of a book about families, about how families deal with various kinds of things. Um, And certainly, I think that without our families, this book could not have been written. I mean, there were were weeks, months, when we were working like 12 hours a day, nine hours a day on this. And, you know, it really required support from our families, you know, because I can imagine that I suppose that if somebody had objected, uh, like Helen Mullen from the library said, well, nobody ever told me not to be a librarian. I wouldn't have listened if they had, but, you know, it's like if somebody said, well, you, you can't write this book or you have to do this or you have, you know, I probably wouldn't have listened. But it was very helpful to be able to have, you know, families that supported the writing of this book, really. 
Chrissy, how about you? Um, let me just say. Go ahead. Oh, go, she she talked about finish up. Yeah. helping you. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I I just wanted to say one one other thing about you know what you know we really think of this book as being about the dreams of women who changed Philadelphia. And that's true mm-hmm. of every single woman in the book. This, this book is about the impact that these women had on this city. And there's very little, you know, if, if you ask anybody, you know, like, what have black women done in Philadelphia? Until this book, I doubt that many people would be able to even answer that question. Certainly the people who I are agree. considered experts about Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But we really mm-hmm. wanted yeah. to put forth the idea that these women changed Philadelphia. They had an impact on the city. So. Yeah. 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 So, see, and, and I, I would just, you said your I sister just, helped you. Well, you know, my sister, my mother, certainly uh, my wife who had, you know, really no background whatsoever, uh, you know, with, uh, I would say, with black history. To her credit, she um, she learned about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, she made sure every day I was up at my desk and I was doing the work that the sign I had to do. Uh, my mother posed a question early on that I I ended up using in the epilogue, my mother asked at some point, who were the Harriet Tubmans of today? You know, that was a question that resonated with me throughout this process. My mom asked that question very early on, and it helped me, you know, continually frame what it was that I wanted to convey in some of the writing. Uh, Like I said, our families were our families were so pivotal. My sister was involved in in editing some of the stories with me, rereading some of them with me. Heck, our family—if it wasn't for them—we would not have had the most fantastic book launch that we had in uh, in (laughs) February. You know, to be real honest with you, because they were the backbone of, of of walking across that line with us and carrying us, you know, through this process. Who did you have to leave out? Who do you know who oh. you had to leave out? And you said, oh. Maybe I'm going to have a second book. Uh, was anybody upset yeah. that they were left out? Mm. Well, I, I'm sure that some people were upset, but the what the main message that we have is that there are many more people outside of the book that should have been in it than are in it. Many people okay. who were, that we had to. I mean, can you imagine how long the book would have been? It would. Have, I mean, it might have been. I don't know, fifteen hundred pages, two thousand. Yeah, pages. it would be a couple books. It would be like this is yeah, the, uh, yeah. the, the one and version one, two, three. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And as you said, even in different states. You know, I, I live in Virginia now, native Philadelphia and West Philadelphia, but I live in Virginia now, and I've learned so much about important black women, you know, in, in Virginia, you, you know, we could start with, you know, Maggie Walker, you know, for example, and, and the list just goes on and on and on. Mm. So with, with an endeavor like this, bank, right? She did the bank. And so with an endeavor, with an endeavor like this, there's always someone, unfortunately, that you can't, you can't cover. This is a big book. You see it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, real quick, we're uh, running out of time, but I want to mention something that I thought was fabulous. Uh, Mamie Nichols and the Kotex film. Mamie mm. Nichols <laughs> and the Kotex film. 
I mean, you know, there are women today that don't know about these parts of their body, that don't know how their body works. I mean, where is this mm-hmm. context from? I need this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk just tell the audience about what it is. Go ahead. What do you guys tell them? <laughs> well, Maggie Nichols, who, who is really, I mean, she she is legendary in Philadelphia. Um, and she, one of the famous things that she did, famous to her neighborhood, was that she insisted that all of the young women in her neighborhood needed to know about their bodies. And so as soon as they started menstruating, she would organize a, you know, a, a film. Uh, she had a nurse. There was a nurse who lived on the block who would, who would conduct these sessions with the young women. There were, even then, there were people who were saying, oh, my goodness, you're telling them all about all this stuff. You're, you know, you're going to turn them into whores. But anybody who knows Mamie Nichols would know what she would say to that, to that criticism. <laughs> she just said, you know, just come on, you know, everybody come. And so, you know, I, and I think it's very interesting because there was, Mamie didn't know this, but much earlier in the early 1800s, well, the mid-1800s, Sarah Maps Douglas did the same thing. So mm-hmm. some of the things that these women have done, we've had to do over and over, you know, because some of these problems don't die. They just, right. they keep returning, and we keep having mm-hmm. to devise solutions to them. So, Well, I want to thank you guys for writing this book. I, again, want to mention um, we need to have a book for every state. Um, I need to mention <laughs> that this needs to be in high school and college curriculum. I mean, I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. is there anything being done to push that? Are you, how do you get a book into the curriculum for the city? Uh, is, is, are there steps? Have you talked to anybody? Go ahead, Sissy. That that's a softball, Sissy. That is a softball. It is a major priority of ours to do just that. We okay. are in uh, the stages of of speaking with. Uh, the school uh, representatives from the school di- district of Philadelphia, as well as from uh, the local Teach for America collective, about working with them to conduct focus groups and to uh, recruit teachers who we would refer to as the squad. And this squad of <laughs> teachers would be the ones who would become um, so familiarized with the text that they could integrate it into. Uh, various curricula, uh, you know, that it focuses on, that, that supports middle school and high school students' awareness of, mm. of the many accomplishments of these women, but, but certainly about the, you know, the, their lives, their life paths. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of what these women experience, young people experience every day. And so, you know, those are not reasons to not persist and grow. So it's something that is very important to us. We certainly will also be conducting webinars uh, with these teachers as soon as we get them recruited, and we are also looking to do the same uh, with higher education. So any help you you have, the people who you know who, who would be jumping on, would love to jump on board to help us with this initiative, we certainly would welcome. Um, it is definitely mm. a priority of ours. That's great. That's great because they, these are dreams that people have in their head. 
young women have in their head, and they don't know it's possible. But if they read this book or learn about some of these women, they can be like, okay, I can do it. Like, you know, I mean, exactly. I, I, could, I could program, I could uh, write this book, mm-hmm. I could, you know, get into this sports team. And, I mean, even now, that like, for example, the women's soccer team, you know, they were fighting for, you know, equal pay this mm-hmm. day. I mean, and, and so, right. like you said, the problems are reoccurring. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. we need, you know, all the help we can get. Um, but, again, thank you, thank you, and thank you, um, Sissy and Fasaha, for coming on the show today for sharing your knowledge, for writing the book, and I wish you so much success uh, in getting it into the curriculum. Really, I really just, I, I mean, that's like, that would be, like, awesome. Thanks. <laughs> I'm a nerd. Thanks so, yeah. thanks so much. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having Thank us, you. really. Thank you. All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful Saturday. Wash your hands. Cover your mouth and your nose. Watch out for COVID. Please be careful. <laughs> Will do. Take care. Thank you. Take bye-bye. Care. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, just got off the phone with the authors of They Carried Us. It talks about 95 women and their stories. Uh, some of them are interviews. Some of them um, have historical data that they had to dig up. It took about, you know, I think she said five or six years, but let me tell you, it's worth it. And you should share it with any young women and young men. It's just because it's about women doesn't mean you shouldn't share it with the young men. I think both can learn from this book what is possible, what they can do in life. You know, it gives you, like, it made me think about things even now. I'm 50, and I'm like, oh, my God, well, you know what? I need to get on this idea I have. You know, I could do it before I die, you know? Um, anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I uh, wish you a lovely weekend, and I'll talk to you next Saturday. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.